Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, what is going on, everybody? Welcome to the awesome.com NFL strategy show. Coming to you bright and early here on the East Coast. Well, 9 a.m., 8 a.m. on the West Coast. Or uh, on the, sorry, in the Midwest, where our buddy Matt Gajeski hanging out with me, as always is. I'm Dave Locker and Alafi underscore D on the Twitters, Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, G-A-J-E-W-S-K-I. For those of you listening in podcast form, for me, Lafay is L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Tough names. But anyway, we're breaking down with you this morning, the showdown slate between the Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Got some serious injury news, some questionable players coming into this one. A lot to break down, going to be a lot to digest, but... This is what kind of makes them fun, Matt. You're just going to need to be around. You're going to need to watch live before lock tonight. We're going to have to be paying attention to some of this unless we get news on guys like Alvin Kamara and Amari Cooper early, but it feels like they might both be legitimate game time decisions. Yeah, it certainly seems like that. And those are two huge pieces of their respective offenses. So really big news that we are waiting for just making live before lock all the more important because those they're not just going to affect projections for other players too, but ownership is going to be swayed heavily. Just two massive pieces of news. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing pretty good, man. Doing pretty good. Excited for the games. College football is getting a little less busy now that the regular season's over. So I'm finding myself with slightly more free time, which is as rare this time of year. Good. It's got to feel good. So, uh, what did the what did the college rankings settle in at going into the this the playoffs? Who's one who's one through five? Yeah, so we've got Georgia, Alabama. They play each other this weekend, so there's pretty big implications there. Then you have Cincinnati, Michigan, and the fifth team that is kind of on the outside looking in is Oklahoma State. It'll be really interesting to see what the committee does with them. I think it'll come down to if Georgia kills Alabama and they have two losses, then Oklahoma State has a better case. But if Alabama plays them close, we might see a two-loss Bama team get in. But Oklahoma State's kind of on the outside looking in. We got any good DFS shows, betting action coming up for these? Yeah, we'll have live before lock before the shows on set or before the games on Saturday. And I do my VODs before every slate. So the conference championships on Friday night, too, there will be a VOD for that. Love it. All right, let's dive into this one. Happy to have you guys with us. As always, hit that thumbs up. If you're just jumping in here, well, we're happy to be doing this show with you, getting ready for Thursday night football and subscribe to the channel. Where are we at now? 67,200, almost, we're close, real close to 70K. We're gonna get there sooner than later. So if you haven't subscribed yet, maybe you enjoy this content, you just forgot, 
or you've just been lingering, whatever. That's cool. You don't have to, but if you'd like to, it helps us a ton. And you'll always know when content drops, show up more on the browse feature, the recommended feed, and all that good stuff. And of course, if you want to join, hit that below the thumbs up, down below, join now, or whatever it says, join. I'm not even sure because I've joined a while ago. You get the badges that improve, that get cooler, shinier over time. The custom emojis, the free super chats, shout outs, priority questions, all that fun stuff. I think it's like $2.99 a month or whatever. But uh, yeah, you want to jump in, join the Awesome team, do that as well. All right, let's make it happen, Matt. Dallas on the road, four and a half point favorites. Solid 26 point total here. The biggest thing, and I, I just want to kind of zoom out, take a, a 30,000 foot view for a second before we get granular. Ezekiel Elliott seems good to go. Jerry Jones said that he expects him to handle a, and I quote, serious workload uh, Thursday tonight against the Saints. Mind you, they had some time off, right? They had, oh no, they didn't. I was going to say, they, I thought they were going to get an extended period of time off, but they didn't because they played Thursday and then Thursday again. So never mind. But we've got that. And then we have Amari Cooper, who missed two games due to COVID-19. He's eligible to return, could return, but still dealing with symptoms. So what do you make of this offense right now when we're looking at it? Are there any expectations for you coming into it this early in the day? I think overall, just the fact that they're getting healthier is a positive and the reports around Zeke have been really interesting. You were talking to me before the show. We saw reports that Zeke might be shut down for a while, potentially like, I don't know how long, maybe the end of the season. And then he's immediately practicing in full. Jerry Jones is out there touting him. So that's really important. Mike McCarthy is not going to be coaching this game. He got COVID-19 himself. I don't think that's really impactful just because like Callan Moore calling all the plays anyway. McCarthy shouldn't have a, a huge say in that. But even if Amari Cooper is back in a limited capacity, I think that's a positive for the offense. You don't have to trot out these guys like Cedric Wilson, who's not going to play himself, or Noah Brown for quite as many snaps. And even if Amari Cooper is limited, that should be a positive for Dallas here. I think if Cooper's limited, we could, we could be looking at decent value in somebody like Noah Brown, potentially, because Cedric Wilson's also out. And while that might not seem significant, you've got – Michael Gallup back, you have CD Lamb back from the concussion. We know that Dak is once in a while willing to throw to his number four receivers. What if Amari Cooper is limited to like 40, 50% of snaps tonight? If he's limited, I think he's going to still be impactful. When he's out there, you would think they would be designing plays for him, not just using him full decoy mode. But to your point, Noah Brown should be playing a near full-time role anyway, just because Cedric Wilson's out. From there, it comes down to, do we have any other ancillary receivers that might be on the field for 50% of the snaps or something like that? Some names to keep in, line are, in mind are like Malik Turner. I, I don't think they'll really go much deeper than that, but you're right. It is impactful for the rest of the pass catchers. And it makes, the uncertainty makes this an interesting GPP slate because you could see some of these guys pop up. Let's kick it off with these wide receivers then. You've got Lamb back. He was he looked like he was potentially going to play last week, coming off a, a short week on that Sunday with the concussion against Kansas City. Wasn't able to get there, however. Uh, we talked about Cooper. Then you have Gallup back, who's been back in the fold for, what, three weeks now? Been pretty, pretty heavily used, but a lot of that has to do with the fact that Gallup went down early in a game, you know, midway through one. Amari Cooper uh, missed a pair of contests as well. Maybe, he'll, no, he missed two, yeah. Uh, so... What are we doing with these pass catchers for Dallas when you look at price point, especially? 
CD Lamb, you would think, has the locked-in target share that you would want here, which is important because the projection on Amari right now, I'm looking at it, to me, it suggests that he's full go. And I mean, this is going to be something really nuanced and hard to project throughout the day. What, what do we do with Amari Cooper? Because we don't know how much he's going to play. And maybe we get this information, maybe we don't. But right now, I think if you're stacking Dallas, C.D. Lamb has to be a priority just because he's the only one that we know has a consistent workload, a clear workload. Maybe we could lump in Dalton Schultz into this mix. But Amari Cooper at his price, I just have no confidence that the projection is correct. And I'm not sure anybody in the industry will unless we get concrete information. However, a guy like Noah Brown as the wide receiver three, probably functioning as the pass catcher four, could make some sense. I mean, he's near the stone minimum. And he should be running as the wide receiver three. So as far as price adjusted plays, it's hard to not rank Noah Brown number one just because he's so cheap. And then CD Lamb too. Wide receiver three over Gallup? Like I would rank them right now. So CD Lamb one, Gallup two because of consistency. And then like the Amari Cooper, Noah Brown three. Oh, oh, oh I'm sorry. I got you. Okay. I thought you were saying Amari one or uh, CD one Cooper two. And I got you. Okay. Like if, if Noah Brown plays 50% of the snaps at the minimum price. Yeah. Oh no, I'm with you hundred percent. I, I just, I misinterpreted what you were saying, but I think one thing that you pointed out is, is really relevant here. It's, the whole Cooper thing is just going to be a judgment call to some extent for all of us. Like you can't really project right now what we're going to get from it. You just, you can't add in those kind of intangible factors or, or just not intangible, unquantifiable at this point. Like, is he still sick? Is he still dealing with fatigue? Is, you know, dealing with shortness of breath? Is he going to be able to, to stay on the field for a full drive? You know, is is he going to be able to run deep routes? Like, I don't know. I would assume the answer to the last question is yes. Uh, he has been practicing, but lingering symptoms never feels good. And, you know, I talk a lot of NBA DFS too. It's a lot different because you're running up and down the floor, but there were a lot of guys that took a long time to get back to full strength. And it's hard to say what you're going to get here, but our top sh our showdown top plays tool, which is totally free today gives you the top play, the probability that they're going to be the top play. We run a lot of simulations for this, the optimal captain probability, probability that there'll be two through six in the lineup or two through five. If you're playing on FanDuel, uh, all of that stuff, the, the leverage score and the ownership is in here as well. You've got the utility ownership. You have the captain spot ownership. So you're getting like all of our showdown tools essentially in one. And it's all free today. If you want to follow along with us, but Matt, uh, the top play probability goes Dak, Hill, Lamb, Elliott, all above 10%, both quarterbacks much higher than everyone else. Amari's fifth, but he's down there at 6.9%. Captain ownership, almost 8%. No real positive or negative leverage score, pretty neutral here. But if his ownership does continue to decline, do we have to say, like, is there going to be a spot where we kind of have to roll the dice on him? Yeah, I think so. And part of it is because when he's out there, he should be used. They wouldn't put him on the field just as a complete decoy. I mean, we have seen this in the past with some teams, but I wouldn't think it's the case. Overall, I do think Michael Gallup is a safer play than Amari Cooper, but there is going to be a point, and maybe this comes with news, where Amari Cooper would be a good play in GPPs. Grand Attraction Inc. says, dude is a star NFL. Yes, he's going to be good to go. Again, it's a judgment call. Maybe he will. I mean, I think we both expect him to play. 
in what capacity and how good he is, it's an entirely different question. I don't know, unless you have more data and insight on this than I do, it's hard to say, but Dalton Schultz being another one, you know, now that they're getting healthy, it's a little bit concerning. You start to get a lot more pass catchers worked in here. I'm a big fan of Dalton Schultz this year. He's been very good and he's the tight end five on the entire year, Matt, from a PPR standpoint. So he has produced, but is, is Dalton Schultz price point reasonable in a spot like this? Now that Gallup's healthy, Amari's expected back. You've got CD lamb back in the mix as well. It's reasonable in the fact that he gives you more safety than Amari Cooper. We, we talked about kind of the positives for Amari Cooper, just talent wise. The negatives are like, maybe he plays like 15, 20% of the snaps and he's used when he's out there, but it's just so, such a small amount of like playing time that he just doesn't get you there. Dalton Schultz is going to be out there for almost every single play. Now that Blake Jarwin's on injured reserve, he plays. That's like who I asked about. What's that? Dalton Schultz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get to Dalton Schultz now. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I'm I was sorry. comparing the two. So I think like Dalton Schultz offers more safety because he's out there every single snap with Blake Jarwin on injured reserve. The upside is clearly not as strong as Amari Cooper. He's not used down the field quite as much. The target share is not as strong when completely healthy, but we can guarantee that with Dalton Schultz. And he's at a slightly cheaper price point. So I think the safety that he brings for like low risk contests, smaller field stuff is more impactful. I'm really trying to isolate Amari Cooper for tournaments and then go to plays like Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup in low risk contests for my stacks. It looks like DraftKings finally changed where if you click on the player card, it gives you their, or their flex price and not their captain price anymore, which is nice. Um, are let me look at this top stack to one more time. All right. So we talk about the pass catchers. Then you have Dak Prescott top play probability, 23.6% on this slate. Saints aren't a bad defense, but they're definitely a pass funnel defense. I still think Dallas will try to run. And while I do think Taysom Hill will operate a better offense than Trevor Simeon, because it's hard to be worse. I don't necessarily expect them to explode in a game like this either. Where are we going with Dak today? You're going to, if you're paying for him, you're going to have to pay up. You know, if you want to play him, sorry, you're going to have to pay up. If you want to stack this Dallas team with Dak at captain and get CeeDee Lamb in there as well, you're going to have to pay down at a lot of other spots and, and, and make exemption, uh, you make uh, sacrifices as well. So where do you think the best spot to put Dak, uh, Dak in is today? I think it's like a 50-50 between him and Taysom Hill as the highest projected player on the slate. And Dak coming in is slightly more expensive than Taysom Hill. And obviously, they get there in different ways. And the reason Taysom Hill projects so well is because of his legs. But if you look at Pierce's ceiling, I think Dak has a ceiling that Taysom Hill just doesn't rival unless you know Taysom were to score like three rushing touchdowns or something. The Dallas offense is just so explosive. So using Dak Prescott in your captain spot does give you an access point to a ceiling that I'm not sure Taysom Hill offers. And there are ways to stack Dak where you can use him in the captain spot and still feel pretty good about your lineup. You can use Noah Brown. There's a lot of really cheap New Orleans pass catchers that could give you the access points where you can still stack Dak Prescott and CD Lamb. So I actually like him a lot in the captain spot, but he's not a guy I want to leave out of my lineup. At the very least, if I'm building contrarian stuff, I still want Dak in there at the flex. I tell you, man, this is a, a weird spot because if you're going Prescott, C.D. Lamb, let's say, I think you're going to see a lot of those lineups with Noah Brown 
in them. It, it feels that way, at least, Matt. Maybe I'm wrong. I, his ownership right now uh, is is not high at all. I mean, he's getting very, very little ownership on this slate. So maybe I'm just maybe I'm just reading this one wrong. But it certainly feel it certainly felt to me before I started looking at at the projections that do unless we have Cedric Wilson still projected in, do we? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I didn't see Cedric Wilson in there. No, we don't. We have Noah Brown at 4% utility ownership. And this, this could change depending on the news. But right now, I think that's a strong play in tournaments because there is a chance that Amari Cooper plays like 30% of the snaps. And this is a team that's largely in 11 personnel. And even more so now that they lost Blake Jarwin, they just don't have the bodies for a lot of 12 personnel. Like, Sean McKeon plays a little bit, but he's more of like an H-back type tight end. He's out there for very specific player personnel formations. So it's largely an 11 personnel team. And if Amari's limited, Noel Brown is going to play a decent amount because there's no Cedric Wilson. For sure. And once again, it's a judgment call. If you think Amari's full, full go, go for it. Um, you know, somebody mentioned in chat that this is a must win for Dallas and that whether or not Amari's at 100% physically that he's going to have to play uh, at full capacity anyway. Could entirely be true, but, I mean, let's not fool ourselves. Amari Cooper has been not great this year. I, he's just been super volatile. <gasps> Excuse me. Whoa. Amari Cooper has been super volatile throughout his entire career. You know, this is the type of guy, Matt, that every season will give you, like, a 200-yard game, and then he'll just fall off for a period of time as well. So, it I don't, I'm not convinced that he's out there for, for the large majority of snaps, pay attention to this, check out live before lock, pay attention to Twitter and all the news rolling in, because that's going to be insanely important. But I think when it comes to the, the running back position, Ezekiel Elliott is one of the other big question marks here is Ezekiel Elliott. Is this, is this a smoke screen with Jerry Jones pulling some shit saying that he's going to be used heavily or are the, the reports and rumors from earlier this week and really following last week's loss to Las Vegas on, on Thanksgiving that Ezekiel Elliott could be you know very much limited or shut down for a couple of weeks in order to rest his knee? Are they true? Because they have a guy in Tony Pollard who's one of the better backups in the league. What are your thoughts? Zeke is practicing in full, and this is the key I want to hone in on. I, I don't trust what Jerry Jones says. I don't trust Mike McCarthy, what everybody else says. But seeing the practice report and seeing Zeke getting out there and practicing in full, they've done this in the past where they just – Zeke looks like he's injured, and the dude is tough as nails. I don't know how he continues to play through all this stuff. But if Zeke is practicing, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't play. And as good as Pollard's been, they just will not give him extended run. They continue to use Zeke. So I'm going to fall back on the pattern Dallas has already showed this year and assume Ezekiel Elliott is going to be at least near full go. And I mean, 
across the industry, you can find some edges with Ezekiel Elliott. Our odd shopper tool loves the over on his rushing prop, which is something I like in particular as well here because of everything we just talked about. All the signs point to Zeke being a full go and he's priced on these books right now as a limited player. So that's something I particularly like. D Fick, welcome to Team Awesome, brother. Glad to have you, man. It's a nice looking badge. Yeah, I, you're right. Like he's been practicing. And why would you practice in full if they intend on unlimiting him in game or shutting him down? Right. I, I think you're right. What what would be the purpose of that? And like, it, is all of this a smokescreen? What, what would even be the point of that? There, there'd be no point. It's not like you're saying, you know, uh, we might not have Drew Brees this week. Granted, Drew Brees no longer on the team, but bear with me. It could be Taysom Hill starting. So now you have opposing coaches being like, oh, do I have to prepare for a statuesque quarterback or a pocket quarterback? Or do I have to prepare for a mobile quarterback that can run the football that's going to get goal line attempts drawn up for him? I don't really see the point of either of these conflicting reports trying to throw off an opposing team's game plan. Right. And I mean, the there are teams that kind of game the practice report system like new England lists. Everybody is questionable, but to see Zeke like practicing in full, I think that is the, that is the most impactful. He's third in the league in, in goal line attempts too. I mean, I want to see that. So I think somebody also pointed that out in chat a minute ago. I'm very happy to see something like that. Tony Pollard has one goal line attempt on the year. Zeke has 13. My biggest concern with someone like Chase Edmonds coming into the season was that he would not get goal line carries. And that came to fruition that, Hey, you're bringing uh, James Conner in specifically for goal line touches. And before Edmonds got hurt, that was in fact, what we were seeing. Elliot's not just going to be a goal line back, Matt, obviously, but in terms of just overall attempts, Pollard has a hundred as Elliot has 160. The real advantage here is if it comes to goal line opportunities, Zeke is seven for 13 on the year. Pollard is one for one and has half of the red zone opportunities in total. So as Elliot could certainly fall into the end zone a couple times here, his prop as well. We have him projected on odd shopper way higher than his prop. Get in on these early. Okay. You got to get in on these early because how many times have we seen them just turn way differently? A perfect example, Matt Kadarius, Tony, the other week, we talked about that prop this on the morning of the show. He said 38 and a half receiving yards hit that. If you hit the 38 and a half receiving yards, cause at odd shopper, we give you the best bet at the best book. You don't have to click any buttons. It's just right there Two clicks. Boom. You booked it. Expected win rate, expected ROI and our projections. It's all free too. our projections compared to what the props are across all these books. If you got in at 38 and a half, Matt, uh, and he only hit 40, which he did. You hit that, but anybody else that got in throughout the day was getting in at like 44, 45 and a half, 46 and a half. Got to hit them in the morning. 100%. The most important thing is the number you're getting it at. And I assume right. all of you watching pretty, pretty into the weeds with some of this too. You guys understand the information and why it's so important to get the right number here, because these small margins do matter. Even a couple of yards can be very impactful to your ROI at the end of the season. So hitting them early. And there are a couple we like today. Ezekiel Elliott is like a top three bet for me today. He's like, you can find him at extremely low numbers. And right now there's as low as like 45 and a half yards. With Crazy. A fully, it's, we, we haven't projected 20 yards above that. It's, it's a no brainer. It's intuitive. I like this one quite a bit. Yeah. And you will hear, you will hear people say, well, 
Matt, he only had nine attempts in back-to-back games. He has under that 45 and a half and three straight, but ultimately 45 and a half yards in a spot like this, where you're favored by four and a half, five points, 26 point total. I understand it's a run, a pass funnel defense in new Orleans, but uh, this is, this is, this is a good spot. There's no doubt about it. Where's the best bet on that? Okay. Bet. Uh, no. Oh, DraftKings still has them at 45 and a half. I haven't updated odd chopper. I'm seeing Caesars on my end. Well, it depends on the state. Yes. But I, I don't know why I'm showing Caesars. I'm in an illegal state. Like I, <laughs> I, I, I can't bet these. Them at 45 and a half. So I'm hitting it right now. As a matter of fact, while we speak. Yeah. I, I can't bet at Caesars or any of these books and I'm not going to give publicity to the place where I have to place my bets. But if you can find it at a good line, like 45 and a half is excellent. Man, Alex talked the other day about building some same-game parlay tools for Odd Shopper, which will be so sick. The parlay, the parlay tool we have is already awesome. And no doubt. But he's talking same-game, like they have on, on DraftKings and FanDuel and stuff, like tools right. to build for correlation. Which would be awesome. Awesome. I, I'm very much looking cool. forward to that. You got to be careful with what odds you're getting on that stuff. But, right. yeah, so Elliot, uh, over 45 and a half is one that, I'm very happy to get to here. Now, what about Tony Pollard? Because you have to, Matt, we have to at least entertain the idea, right? That that Ezekiel Elliott maybe doesn't get as much work as we thought. And yes, Tony Pollard is relatively expensive, but he's already a guy that has utility with Zeke in. It's the same thing like Jamal Williams, if DeAndre Swift is in, is still going to average 10 to 13 touches a game. Uh, there's a lot of those guys, but here, Tony Pollard, what if it just happens that, that Zeke is banged up, that knee is banged up, and Tony Pollard ends up getting the majority of work this week? If Zeke is banged up, I think Pollard is priced efficiently to maybe a little bit below where he should be, but overall, he's still pretty expensive in the context of this slate. 7800 for him in the flex on DraftKings is a pretty hefty price to pay for a timeshare back. And one that we're not really certain has a great workload. Like, I think it's more likely that Ezekiel Elliott goes back to handling like, like 75% of the work and Pollard goes down to 25 rather than it going the other direction. And I know it's been closer to 50-50 of late. Zeke has had to leave some games with some injuries. He's been banged up. Some of them have been out of hand as well. So Pollard has gotten a little extra run. But I want to pose this question to you. Do you think it's more likely that Pollard takes on a larger workload or regresses back to like, the change of pace back we saw earlier in the year, because I think it's more likely he regresses back to the change of pace back. And if that's the case, he's overpriced. So, okay, let, let's, let's back up. What makes you think that? Because Zeke has left games because of injury and other games have been blowouts. Like I, I know Pollard has been really talented, but I don't think it's a changing of the guard that they now view Pollard as the more efficient back, even though he is, that's, that's my read of the situation. At least it could be the opposite. I don't know. That's where I was coming into the year as well. My, my thinking was, you know what? Elliot, number one, had some really bad goal line luck last year. I think you and I both talked about that. Like positive regression is undoubtedly coming there. We were right. He has converted above 50% of his goal line carries into touchdowns. That's great. But at the same time, Pollard has been pretty good. Like Pollard's what is he averaging almost five and a half yards per attempt? Zeke's at four and a half. That's fine. But who? both of them will get some pass catching work. Zeke's got a lot of targets over his last couple of games. 
my only question here is like I I I I think game script can dictate a lot as well. They've lost, they've dropped two straight games now and three of their last four, two of them in pretty embarrassing fashion, Matt. If they come out of the gate stale or stagnant and you start seeing the Saints offense move the football, do you go into panic mode here? That's the only question, but it's hard to predict that. You have to kind of tell a story when it comes to these slates. And I do think it's possible that if a team that is kind of spinning its wheels right now, drop three or four games after starting off the season at like, what is it? Six and one. I think it was that maybe you do make some adjustments here and yeah, I don't know. I, I, I think it's possible, but I also agree with you that Tony Pollard's not exactly a discount at all. I think they're both a little expensive because the most likely situation is probably the 60 40 split. We've been yeah. seen. I, I think that is most likely. I think when we try to look at the outliers and what could possibly be an outlier performance here, I think it is more likely that Zeke sees a full workload than Pollard. However, if we just play this from a median perspective, which is where our projections are currently, it is tough to get either of them in your lineup in like low risk formats and cash formats. They both have a ceiling. Again, we're talking about a Dallas team that's favored by four and a half points. The total in this game is actually decent. The matchup is tough, so we're not expecting egregious ownership on either. And just with the point scoring expectation, if one of them hits two touchdowns or something, you could very well be looking at an optimal captain. But just talking about from a raw price-adjusted perspective in like a 60-40 split, they're both a little pricey here. So we're on the same page. I, I think a 60-40 split probably makes the most sense. Hey, by the way, thanks. Almost at 50 thumbs up here. 250 watching. What a beautiful thing. Late into the season, NBA season's happening. You got all this stuff going on, and we still got people uh, hanging out with us every morning. So uh, almost at 50, so appreciate that. And Sterling Tice, I don't know if it's Tice or Tice. I know Daniel Tice, of course, the basketball player, pronounces it Tice. I believe he's German. Uh, but this one has the double S. Either way, Sterling, welcome to Team Awesome, my brother. You can you can tell me how to uh, to how to pronounce that. And Michael Durbin, appreciate it, man. Said so you guys are awesome, great content. Thanks, man. You make it you make it worthwhile doing this stuff, you guys. Uh, and if you don't like it, hit that thumbs down button, Matt, because well, doesn't mean a thing anymore. Yeah, I we talked about YouTube being soft yesterday, and uh, someone with a really funny comment. I don't recall who it was that they'll just tell us in chat when they don't like our content. I I appreciated that very much. That was very funny. Hell yeah, man! And then he said dislike button at the end of the show yesterday. I don't know <laughs> if you caught that. I missed it. Oh yeah, he certainly. Oh, that is did. good. Hey, this wasn't our decision. We would have left it up there, just so you know. Awesomeo ain't getting soft, Matt. No, definitely not. No, we ain't getting soft. We don't care. Uh, anything else you want to hit on for that? God, this is such a weird team. I didn't want to spend this much time on them, but we kind of had to. Uh, oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Are there any lineups where you're willing to play Zeke and Pollard together? That is going to be super off the reservation, if I can even say that anymore. Just did. Uh that's going to be crazy if you do it because it's expensive, but no one's going to do that. Right. I actually wanted to bring this up. I think you certainly can in the largest fields, but be very, very careful about how you're building that lineup. Like think about what would have to happen for them both to get there. I think you basically need like a routing of new Orleans where they score very few points altogether. 
in that contest, it might just be full Dallas onslaught. Like maybe you go both back stack Prescott and then you'll need some salary relief. So like a Noah Brown or something to get there. But I think you're probably running like five, one stacks if that's what you're doing and largest to field only for me, if you're building with that construction. What do you think about? Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring. A laundry. Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Defense or kicker here? Because, Matt, I'm not... I. I know people hate Taysom Hill, and I'm not saying this guy's good. They just keep force-feeding him money, though. But uh, <laughs> just, Must be nice. Take more millions, please. We don't need you as a starter, but please, just we don't want this money. It's yours. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think he's particularly good, but I do think that Taysom Hill is a lot harder to game plan against, and, and, and like I would like the Dallas defense a lot more if Trevor Simeon was starting, but... Maybe you have a different opinion. No, I, we have the same opinion. I, I have a couple of things I, I want to say about this. Like, I think Taysom Hill's now past Chase Daniels as the guy who's been paid the most for doing the least in the NFL, which is a very interesting honor to hold. But to your point on defenses, I think if you're playing Dallas defense, you would have much rather preferred Trevor Simeon being out there. He just doesn't have the same skill set as Taysom Hill. Oftentimes with these mobile quarterbacks like Kyler, Lamar, and exclude the four turnover game Lamar just had, but with the higher run rates, these teams, you just don't have as many opportunities for sacks, fumbles, interceptions, because the ball's on the ground so much. And that's what we saw with Taysom Hill last year, albeit in a limited sample, but I'm not really expecting it to change this year. But like, man, this Dallas defense does have some pretty good chops pass rushing. Like how good is Micah Parsons? My, my goodness. the dude Unreal. Is a, he didn't even play edge rusher till this year. Like he was a stand-up linebacker at Penn State. They just throw him on the defensive line. The dude is such an unbelievable talent. They could basically play him anywhere on defense. Like this is a guy that would cover like tight ends and linebackers in college, like in the slot and stuff. He might be the most versatile chess piece in the NFL on defense. It's, it's crazy what he's doing. That's not relevant to DFS, but man, if you get a chance to watch Micah Parsons, he's a true talent. He, he, I, watching him on Thanksgiving, he's, he, he flies all over the field and not just like a chicken with his head cut off, Matt. He does so just with the ability to get to anyone anywhere at any time in the game. It's amazing. Really is. He's one of the most athletic human beings I've ever seen. And that, that Penn state defensive line also had like Odafe Owe who ran like a four, three, 270 pounds. I can't remember what team he even got drafted to. He's a first round pick towards the end of it, but it's escaping me, but I don't know what happens at Penn state, like Jasicki, Saquon, whoever their strength and training coaches i don't know why he's not like working for the Patriots or something right now i hear you man uh we had somebody say where is it i'd fix that defect saints have the third best run defense zeke and tony will be non-factors they were the first best run defense until the eagles dropped 250 rushing yards on them two weeks ago so i don't know obviously having a jalen hurts in there makes a difference but uh if the cowboys line is is getting health as um hold on a second Teron Smith back? No, not expected back. Yeah, that's not great. I don't. We, I don't know. We'll see. The injury report is 
I don't, I don't haven't seen anything concrete, but it, so it, he was expected back last week. Uh, he's, he's not on the injury report. So I, I think he is back. Okay. Yeah. It says his ankle's good enough for him to play, but it'll probably be something he'll have to play through for the rest of the season. He said surgery was never a consideration. That's good, but it's also concerning because Lane Johnson played like that last year. You remember that Lane Johnson played with that ankle all of last year. And it was like, he was never the same. And then he ended up just getting shut down towards the end of the season. Yeah. It's so hard to gauge like how healthy these players are. And when they try to play through injury and they're practicing and stuff, I always assume that they're closer to full health, but sometimes you just don't know what Knicks guys are playing with. In this case, we know he's playing with the Nick, but we don't know how severe it is for sure. Uh, kicker, Matt, I, I think kicker's fine here. If you want to, wouldn't shock me if this ends up being like one of those games where both teams are, are moving the football, but not punching it into the end zone because the saints defense is still, they're still above average for sure. Yeah. Two good defenses. I think kickers certainly viable in today's game environment. It's a middling game in terms of total. Usually I like to play them in really low scoring environments, but 47 and a half total probably not going to take a stand one way or the other, but just getting as much of the kickers as naturally comes up in the lineups. I think in, especially in like five, one stacks on the Dallas side, you'll probably have a lot of the, the kicker situations. All right. Let's talk about the saints, baby. Then we're going to build a lineup for large field tournaments. Make that happen as well. Before we do though, shout out to our sponsor jock market. If you haven't checked them out yet, uh, you should, and you should use the promo code awesome. when you do, because you get up to a $50 bonus when you sign up and deposit for the first time, they've basically turned fantasy sports into a stock exchange, which, you know, all of us love this type of stuff, whatever it is, stock market, day trading, crypto, NFTs, speculation, really DFS, all of that stuff. And if you haven't checked it out, this is what happens. You have a pregame IPO period where you can pick up shares of your favorite players. You don't just have to do it there. You can do it in-game. You can buy, sell, or hold shares of these players. You can pick up more. You can sell them. You can hold them, whatever you want. But when you pick them up during the IPO period, it makes a huge difference, right? You can get in on them at a phenomenal value. We have free jock market uh, IPO projections at awesomeo.com that'll help you beat the market. All of the ways to catch an edge over there or to find an edge over there, including the bonus with the promo code awesome. And here's the big thing. While you have football, hockey, basketball, PGA, all that good stuff, the jock market right now will refund any losses in your first NFL or NBA market up to a hundred dollars. So get your $50 when you sign up using the promo code awesome. And then if you don't profit on your first market, get up to a hundred dollar refund on football or basketball. So uh, let's have some fun with this tonight over at Jock Market, J-O-C-K-M-K-T. Download it in the App Store or the Google Play Store and use that promo code AWESOMO when you sign up. All right, Matt. Taysom Hill, baby. You got him coming into this one. Poised to start. First game of the season. He is uh, he's dynamic. He's not the best passer, but he is an upgrade from Trevor Simeon. And from a fantasy standpoint, at least, he is somebody that can put up pretty solid numbers, particularly on a slate where you're only dealing with two quarterbacks. Projects really well, comes mainly from his legs. He's extremely mobile, not in the same way that like Kyler or Lamar are, but more in like the Cam Newton physical type running style. So he's going to be used a lot around the goal line, short yardage situations, and just scrambling a lot. Obviously doesn't read the field as well as like last year with Drew Brees, this year 
like a Jameis Winston and maybe not even as well as like a Trevor Simeon. That remains to be seen. The one concern I have with Taysom Hill and when we saw him last year, his skill position players were much better. We're talking about a team that had Michael Thomas, at least for part of his run, that had Alvin Kamara. And Kamara might play today. We'll see. But if Kamara's out, he's just playing with a significantly weaker cast of characters around him. My question is, how does that affect him? And right now, looking at our projections, it's positive to see that he's still coming in as the second highest projected player. He's actually barely behind Dak Prescott. So from a price-adjusted perspective, and I ran optimals this morning, just early preliminary optimals. It was giving a lot of Taysom Hill in the captain spot. And I think that's largely because of his legs, but it doesn't come without concerns. So, okay, let me, let me, let me pose an, an alternate viewpoint here and see where, what you think, Matt. So he started last, last year, 11, 12 weeks, 11, 12, 13, and 14. Uh, of course, that one week was where you had, uh, what was the third string receiver's name that was uh, the quarterback or like the practice squad quarterback that brought up for Denver? And Kendall Hinton. Kendall Hinton, thank you. Went to uh, Wake Forest. Yeah, to tell you, you his life story. Yeah? No, no I'm just kidding. <laughs> How many career touchdowns did he have at Wake Forest? Dude, he didn't play quarterback at Wake Forest. He played receiver. He was no, not I know. How many receiving touchdowns did he have? Oh, I don't know. He was pretty good, though. He played in the slot. Just take a guess. He had 20. Okay, let's see. You're probably going to be right. It's... Let's see. Okay, so 2015 to 2019, he had eight passing touchdowns and 12 receiving touchdowns. So if you combine them together, <laughs> Matt, you get 20. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. Oh, wait, no. He had 12 rushing touchdowns and four receiving touchdowns. He was like, uh, if you want to think of him comparable to an NFL player in college, he was used a lot like Debo. Well, yeah, I'm looking at this. He was there. Okay, so he was there for five years. His first three years, he didn't even have a reception. He was then, playing like he was playing backup QB at that time. Okay. It was 2019 that he had a thousand yard season. All right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting character. Anyway, that the reason I bring that up, that was the one game where I think it was like freezing cold or there was wind. Something was going on in that game weather-wise as well. But it was a disgusting game, and Taysom Hill didn't need to do anything because Kendall Hinton was their quarterback for Denver. So I throw that game out entirely. But what if the whole purpose of having Taysom Hill in here isn't so he can do more with the pass catches that he has, but so that he can just be more dynamic with his legs. I mean, I don't even think that's a question at this point. You need some type of dynamic solution here uh, for an offense that has been completely, completely unable to get off the ground ever since they lost Jameis Winston and they lost Alvin Kamara, who's a game-time decision tonight. I think Kamara obviously helps if he comes back, of course. But I don't think that's the biggest of their worries. I think it's that... I, I think Taysom Hill is going to run a lot today, Matt. I, I really do. And, and I think more than we've normally seen him because, like you said, he's not Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray. I think they're going to need him to run today a lot. I agree with you, and I don't necessarily think this is bad for their team. I actually think it's an upgrade. I do too. Like, especially in the analytics community, and I'm guilty of this at times, I, I criticize a lot of teams that are really heavy in run rate playing this, like, antiquated style of football. But I also have the opinion that there are some situations 
and some quarterback situations where you just should essentially like forego the position play players like Taysom Hill because they don't offer you anything in the pass game. Makes me think back to like the Tim Tebow days for Denver where they were throwing the ball maybe 10 times per game, but Tebow was dynamic on the ground. And that was their best chance of success. I'm not saying every team should do this, but teams that are really struggling at the quarterback position, I think could gain something from using these mobile signal callers and increasing their run rate. New Orleans is in this situation now. I even think a team like Cleveland could probably benefit from pulling Baker Mayfield and using somebody like this. Just a passer that's going to throw the ball a couple times per game, take some shots, and then use the run game to their advantage. But I do think, to your point, this is the best New Orleans team they have right now, and it is with Taysom Hill under center using his legs. You're right about one thing, though, is last year Michael Thomas was active. Not Listen, was he good last year? No, not he wasn't very good. He didn't score. But yardage-wise, whatever, he was fine. Him and Alvin Kamara were active for every one of those games, and I'm assuming Manny Sanders was also active for all of those, Matt. Now your best pass catchers are guys that I would, I would guarantee you a lot of casual football fans have never heard of. I mean, Marquez Callaway uh, is up there. Traquan Smith, Deontay Harris. This is not exactly a murderer's row of, of skill players on this team tonight. That's my one concern, but we have Taysom Hill projected well over that, that passing yards prop on odd shopper right now. I'm glad you bring that up because I, I wanted to talk about Taysom as a passer. He he's known for his legs, of course, but he wasn't that bad as a passer last no, year. No, He went over this three times easily. They, they, the offense, the way it's structured it, they're not asking Taysom Hill to do difficult things. They're trying to get the ball in playmakers hands quickly and efficiently and let playmakers get, do what they can after the catch, which is obviously good for Taysom Hill. He doesn't have to make these tough reads, throw the ball downfield as much. But he completed 73% of his passes, 7.7 yards per attempt. Both are above average. And right now, you can pretty easily find him across the industry projected around 200 yards passing or below. If I'm not mistaken, we have him around 225, which is a pretty stark value. And we haven't even considered game script. We know that New Orleans wants to run, but it appears based on the spread and if the game plays through the spread, they're going to have to throw up their playing from behind. And this is a team that's kind of on the brink. They're five and six. You talked about Dallas losing some games. New Orleans has also dropped some games. A team that did have playoff aspirations, and if they don't get games right at this point, they're going to be in the outside looking in. I do think Taysom Hill will have to throw, probably not 40 times or anything like that, but enough to eclipse this prop. Trevor Simeon went, went over this in three of four starts. One of the games went way over it. No, two of them went way over it. 205 is still a low number, even for Taysom Hill. For sure. I bet three props in this game. This is one of them. Elliot was one of them. We'll, we'll talk about the other one later, but this is another one, even based on like our odd shopper tool, pretty stark towards the over 70% win percentage here. We have them at 228. And right now it appears among the retail books, you can find 208 at Sugar House. I'm not sure if you're seeing something else in your state, but there, there's some pretty low numbers on prize picks. He was below 200 yards this morning. It may have moved, and I anticipate this moving throughout the day. So jump on this as soon as you can. So 72% expected win rate, 36% expected ROI here. We have it on Odd Shopper at, what do we have it at? Okay. 228 and a half. Damn. That's what we're projecting him at? Yeah. Okay. And then... Yeah, so like DraftKings has it at two ten and a half, still a good bet. But FanDuel 
we're showing FanDuel as the best bet. It's right there. It's a beautiful thing. 205 and a half, Matt. So that's a low number. It's too low. It's 20 yards of value. Like this isn't even close. All right. So I have a, I have an interesting question for you as we break this saints team down. Then we build a lineup here. If you are playing Taysom Hill at captain, what do you want to do with the pass catchers? You've got like, I I mentioned all those guys, Callaway, uh, Harris, and and, and Traquan Smith. You also have Mark Ingram, who, if Kamara is out, has been targeted a lot in that Kamara's absence. But we do know that Taysom Hill will likely target his running backs less, or did at least target his running backs less. But that was also when Michael Thomas had a 33% target share on, on Taysom Hill starts. Yeah, th- this will obviously be dedic- or dictated by injury news, but Ingram, like you should expect their target shares to decrease to your point, but I don't think it's going to be to the point where they're like not value in the pass game whatsoever. Kamara at his price is super dicey because he could be limited if he plays. And I think he's slightly less likely to play than not. So Kamara, very, very risky. Obviously he benefits from having a non-mobile signal color where you can get that elevated target share. But Ingram is at a price point where I don't really know if it matters a ton. He's priced as a clear backup. He's somebody I think you can play with confidence if he's the starter in the lineup. And ultimately, that comes down to a price thing. The target share matters less when you're cheaper in price. At Kamara's price, it matters a ton. At Ingram's, I think you could just play him either way. But outside of that, the pass catchers, it's basically just Traquan Smith with a locked-in role. And then from there, it's a pretty nasty rotation between like Deontay Harris, Marcus Calloway, all around 50% of the snaps, like tight end slash receiver. I want to call him a receiver because he plays in the slot more than anywhere else. Juwan Johnson's around 40% of the snaps. So like, it's pretty nasty behind Traquan Smith as far as just the routes and targets. It's just weird timeshare. Yeah, it's very weird. And one thing I love about the, the showdown Tool, uh, top plays tool showdown and single game top plays tool free today. If you guys are just joining us now, totally free at awesome.com. Uh, so is NBA player rankings and the NHL top stacks tool. If you want to get in on everything, use the promo code NFL showdown, all one word, all caps for 25% off your first week of awesome. Plus platinum weekly, baby. That's ownership top plays, not just showdown, but every, every single thing we have, for every sport, ownership, player projections, top stack, boom, bust tool, lineup builder. You can get the fantasy cruncher add on football, basketball, hockey, MMA, PGA, any sport that's out there, any contest they have, we've got content for it across the board for sure. Uh, including the best showdown tools you're going to find out there. Hands down, no doubt about it, but Matt, uh, it's NFL showdown, by the way, all one word, all caps. If you missed that, what I was getting at is if you look at, you have capped, you have optimal captain probability of top play probability, but you also have optimal, <clears throat> you have utility optimal probability, which is so important because you right now have guys like Deontay Harris at 30%. You have Traquan Smith at 25, even guys like Juwan Johnson, who we're going to talk about in a second, around 25% as well. That's intriguing to me. It's telling you that, hey, these guys are not very likely to be in the captain spot as optimals. They're not likely to be the top play. Many of them very, very low percentage or probabilities there. Um, But there's a good chance, you know, one third chance almost 
that these guys are going to be in the optimal lineup as a utility player. And many of them have high leverage scores as well. The one thing I'll say about this is if Ingram is out, or excuse me, if Kamara is out, I expect this to change because Ingram is in their same price range. Right now, if you're trying to jam studs, the New Orleans guys aren't projecting quite as well as, as they would, I think. Like Ingram would be a phenomenal projection in this range without Kamara, whereas all these receivers are splitting time and they're all projected well right now. I think that's in the context of the slate as a whole. If you were just to run like price adjusted values, I think all of the New Orleans pass catchers are just slightly, slightly below their optimal price, like where they should be. So they pop up as values right now, but don't you think Ingram would be the highest projected play in this range? Like clearly if Kamara's out. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think their leverage scores would change a little bit. I do think to your point, like because this nasty timeshare, you want them in utility slot. Like, I don't think there's a high likelihood Deontay Harris or Callaway ends up as the optimal captain because it's a low volume offense. They're projected to score less points today. And then it's not concentrated. So I think my views mirrored the top stacks tool. It's just a question of what does Ingram potentially being like the best value in the slate do to them? Yeah, I think you're right. We had a bunch of questions. Do you think Lattimore shadows Amari Cooper? I don't think Amari Cooper plays a full game. Yeah. I, I will say I think Amari Cooper being limited and having just like, like so all of the Dallas receivers are perimeter receivers. I think C.D. Lamb is going to be forced into the slot more than he has throughout the year, potentially giving him advantageous matchups. But I think Lattimore is going to move around naturally because Amari's not going to play the whole game. Last year, Lattimore shadowed Evans twice. He does shadow Evans every time they play. Ridley and Justin Jefferson, those were the, the four shadow matchups that you saw out of Marshawn Lattimore. I don't really care either. Like, he got dusted care. by Diggs. What's that? He, he got dusted by Diggs. I know. Like, I don't, I don't really care if he shadows anybody. I'm not too worried about it either. Dak Prescott's a good enough quarterback. They'll make it work. I'm more worried about Amari playing a full allotment of snaps, like you said. 100%. 100%. That's the concern for me, too. Who right now are your favorite wide receivers? Hard not to pick CD overall. No, I'm sorry. For New Orleans. I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. <laughs> for New Orleans, Traquan's number one. But then when you adjust for a price perspective, and Traquan's number one because he's the only one that plays like a majority of the snaps, that is reflected in price, I will say. He's a little bit more expensive than Ingram. And if Ingram's the clear back, I would prefer Ingram. But right now, Traquan in that range is my favorite. If you're just looking at best price adjusted play, I honestly think it's tight end Juwan Johnson. Troutman's on injured reserve. Nick Bennett pops up for like a weird, like pretty decent game as far as targets and routes. But historically, he's a blocker. And Juwan Johnson, he played receiver in college. He's a big bodied converted tight end. And when they use him, it's going to be in the slot and pass catching situations was on the field about 40% of the snaps in their last game. You talked to me before the show. He wasn't utilized heavily, but if we're talking about a guy who's barely above the minimum, I think you could look to him finding a target or two, especially in the role he plays. We've seen him used in the red zone at times. Juwan Johnson is a pretty attractive price-adjusted play, and it comes down to he's not on the field much less than like Callaway or Deontay Harris. And he's somebody, if we, we want to talk like the third prop, I bet it was the over on his receiving yards. We even projected in the 20s and he opened below 10. I saw nine and a half out there. Right now I'm currently seeing a 10 and a half. And we talked about having a 20 yard edge on Taysom Hill's passing prop. 
a 10 yard edge in like the 10 to 20s in these low range is super, super impactful. It's more impactful than even 20 yards when you're in the 200s. This is one I like a lot and it's, it might seem gross and grimy, but these are the ones that tend to be mispriced on books. Books don't know how to project guys like Jawan Johnson, assuming a new role in the offense. This is one I think that is significantly underpriced. I was on a call the other day, like a content call for Osimo, and, and we were talking about betting and, and odd shopper and, and everything and just the plan. And I said that the, the bets that I've been most profitable on this year have been these kind of obscure players, the Jeff Swaims, you know, and the, and the, and the Jawan Johnsons and the, the other Jawan Johnson from uh, San Francisco. It's Jawan Johnson, right? Just spelled differently. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Adam Shaheen, like those type of guys, they, those are the type uh, backup running backs, Matt, those are the price. Th those are the props that just aren't efficient. And if you get in early enough, they can move quick. Cause it doesn't take a ton to move them, but if you get in early? I, I think this Johnson one's already starting to move and it's not even 10 AM yet. So it moved up to 14 where it's available to me, which again, if you're living in a legal state, it's available to you in far more places. I'm still seeing 10 and a half out there, which is a phenomenal line. We even projected for 25 yards. That's 15 yards of value. And we're talking about really low total. So just more impactful differences. Yeah. You guys got to get in on that, man. When they, when they drop. When I bet projects. three, this was one of them. Okay. That was one. Of, yeah. I like that. I'm in with you. I might do a little same game parlay action on those as well. See what I can get. Could be fun. Dude, you could do like Taysom Hill passing, Jawan Johnson receiving. Those are correlated. correlated. And maybe throwing like a Zeke over too. Well, yeah, because the Zeke over can be correlated if if they're up and it's forcing the it's forcing Taysom on the throw. You know, mm -hmm. the, the only hurt there is that Dallas doesn't just hold on to the ball all game. But yeah, I I think I'm going to do something like that. Uh, break down the running backs real quick. I know we. It, let me let's keep it simple because I want to build a lineup and we got the strategy NBA strategy show coming up right after this. But uh, to keep this simple, if Kamara plays, what are you doing? If he's out, how much Ingram are you going to have? Kamara is really dicey because he does not appear to be at full health. There are a lot of negative reports. He's still only practicing in limited fashion. It suggests to me he's not fully healthy. But again, they're five and six. They need to win games if they have playoff aspirations. Yeah. So you could see Kamara in a limited capacity. Ingram second, is stupid cheap, though. Yeah, if, if Kamara's out, Ingram is the premier value of the slate. If Kamara's in, I still think Ingram's a pretty good play because I don't think Kamara handles a full workload. Okay, I like that. And again, Live Before Lock coming up tonight, 7.15, right after NBA Deeper Dive and Live Before Lock. Hopefully, you guys will be hanging with us. We got almost 400 people watching right now, and it's still uh, early in the morning. If you haven't hit that thumbs up, we're 13 away from 100. It'd be great to get there. Let's build this lineup. Show some love as we build this lineup here, Matt. Uh, anything else for the Saints that you want to hit on? I think the defense is not as attractive as Dallas. I don't actually like the defense as, as much today for the reasons we talked about. You can always play kickers in these game environments too, though. All right. Hey, uh, large field. Now let's do like a solid, the 50K single entry stuff. You know, they're like a $50 entry or something. I love playing those ones. Those are. Those are they put you in a position where you don't have to go insane, but if you make one smart decision, you can put yourself in a great spot and not really dupe anybody. So uh, let's try something like that, Matt. All right. Let's like 5,000 entries or, or even like a two that, you know what I'm saying? For sure. Do we want to operate under the assumption that Kamara's in or out? I'll let you make that call. All right. Let's, let's, 
outright that he's out. But either way, I think we should play somebody on Dallas because our field is not enormous, big enough where we need to consider being contrarian, but not big enough where we need to be crazy. Let's do somebody like C.D. Lamb, the captain. Should be operating a lot out of the slot, avoiding Lattimore, I believe, inside the slot, and obviously a natural stacking option with Dak. Okay. So who'd you say? I was reading chat. C.D.? C.D. Yeah, see, that's what I thought. Okay, just wanted to make sure. All right, C.D. Lamb. Let's go. I'm going to open things up for you even more, Matt, because I'm just a, a charitable guy, and I like you. I'm going to go Noah Brown here. Let's operate under the assumption. Now, you guys can do this totally differently, but I think it's clearly more than a non-zero chance that Amari's limited. Let's go Noah Brown in here and open things up a lot and put ourselves in a great spot to just get whatever we want. Okay, so then we can play Dak pretty easy. We already have two pass catchers, so we should put him in for correlation. All right, I'm going Taysom Hill. I think we have to here. Love that. And we still have a lot of salary left. We have six and a half thousand dollars. good. So you could play some pretty solid options overall. I think we need to be looking at Mark Ingram for sure. He would become the best value play on the board. And he still leaves you a ton of salary and relief to get contrarian. So I'm going to go Ingram just for the raw value. Love it. And hey, this Noah Brown play, if he's really like 4% or sub 10%, that could be all you need to get a little different in these smaller single entry tournaments. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We might we might not even need to leave a ton of salary with this construction because Noah Brown at 4% right. is already a premier value. And for a $50 single entry with about 5K entries overall, there's not that many lineups with Noah Brown. Not at all. So, hey, do you want to go like Callaway here or do you want to go with another – do you want to go with another Dallas player? We could go with Prescott and three pass catchers, or we could go Taysom Hill, Ingram, and a Saints pass catcher. That'd leave a decent amount of salary. We even have enough for Pollard. I know. I was thinking about Tony Pollard here. Could be interesting. I like Pollard. I think it gives us a balanced build, assuming that Dallas has scored a lot of points and playing from ahead. It's not even the worst larger field tournament build either. No. All right. I just entered it. It's a phenomenal lineup. I like it a lot. Let's do it, boys. Hey, follow Matt at Matt underscore Gajeski, me at Lafayette underscore D. Shout out to Mike Lawrence for producing the show. You guys, fantastic. Oh, well over 100 likes. Let's go. Love it. And, uh, hey, hit us up on Twitter. Say hello. I'm happy to answer questions, talk, shoot the shit. You can yell at me there or Matt. We, we embrace it. Whatever it is, take this outside of the YouTube world. But more than anything, stick around because coming up next, you got Josh, you got Adam. NBA live before lock. That's not true. NBA strategy show coming up for Thursday's slate of games. We'll catch you back here for the next one. Thanks as always for watching guys. Peace.